0: Hey, thank you, Carol. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 33 The Power of One Simple Question. I can't seem to get last week's episode, number 32, out of my mind. This is the one where I mentioned that if we know what we're made for, it will answer the question, What am I here for? What is my purpose in life? I made the case that we were made for relationships using the acronym THIS, T H I S to describe how in more detail. I mentioned we're made for relationships that, T, transcend our natural inclination to focus on self, that, H, honor others as we strive to bring out the best in people, where we, I, initiate by reaching out beyond ourselves, and where we, S, selflessly serve other people. We were made for this. This past summer, I saw all these relationship elements played out one evening at a family camp deep in the north woods of Wisconsin. Let me tell you what happened. It's most interesting. We have been going each summer to this family camp, Forest Springs, for almost 20 years now. I'll have a link to Forest Springs in the show notes. We have meetings each evening at camp. And one night, the executive director's wife, Karen, got up and told the story of a chance meeting with a woman by the name of Sarah, who she met on the way to the dining hall several weeks ago. Karen said, I just happened to ask Sarah, tell me your story as to why you are here. Karen went on to say, I was so taken by Sarah's story, I asked if she would email it to me which she did later that afternoon. Then it so captivated me that I thought all of you would like to hear her story firsthand. And with that, Sarah walked up on stage to the applause of about 200 plus people in the room. She began sharing her story by explaining how important this camp was to her as a kid, and how she and her two siblings grew in their faith in Jesus by coming to this camp each summer. It was a highlight of the year for all of them. She went on to explain that she is a single mom with three young kids, one of whom is her seven-year-old son, Levi. She told us about Levi's spina bifida, his constant pain, 17 back operations, and a recent diagnosis of another rare and incurable spinal disease that leaves her son in constant pain. Given that his life expectancy is a short one, she and her 10-year-old son want Levi to have the same camp experience they've all had and to grow in his faith in Jesus like they've been able to do. She said we needed to do whatever we had to do to get him to camp. We had to make sacrifices with all of our schedules. So we made arrangements to come to the day camp that Forest Springs was offering to younger kids. And they allowed us to stay overnight, given the fact that that we lived three and a half hours away, and the fact that I had to take off work and everybody else had to make changes too. Well, Sarah went on and on about how meaningful camp was in light of Levi's illness and the benefit that they all received from their camp experience. It was a very emotional presentation by a mom fighting for her son and thanking camp for joining her in that fight. It appealed to the family campers to continue supporting the ministry of camp. And you know, at the end of the, her presentation, there really wasn't a dry eye in the house. There was so much compassion for this woman. Half the room of these 200 plus adults stood up and applauded when she finished. People came up to Sir afterwards and surrounded her. It was such a great story. It really was. But for me, it didn't stop there. The backstory. And the one that captivated me the most was how the story even got started with what led up to Sarah sharing her story to the audience that night. It got started because of what Karen did, the executive director's wife. It all started when she asked Sarah, tell me your story, and then actually listening to it. You know, so often we ask people to tell us something about them and we don't let them finish, and instead we interrupt and tell our story as it relates to theirs. Not so with Karen. As a result of what Karen did, these 200-plus adults in the audience were moved and grew to appreciate the love of the single mom for her disabled son in deep pain. They grew to appreciate what Camp was doing to care for her and her son and their spiritual life. In addition, Sarah was encouraged by the response of the audience. You know, when you're going through a rough time, it really helps when people know what you're going through, even though there's not a thing they can do about it. As a result, the family campers in the audience came to realize, or were reminded, that because of their support of this camping ministry, they were part of something much bigger than themselves. And in the end, God was glorified as he saw his children caring for each other. Karen's question to Sarah, that initial one, tell me your story, brought me back to a vivid memory of several years back when Janet and I visited friends in England who run a missionary care ministry. They live in the middle of England, about three, three and a half hours northwest of London and occasionally we would just take a day trip here and there from their uh, little village where they lived one day we went to stratford on avon which is the birthplace of william shakespeare and one of the things that we did during our trip there was we went to the shakespeare museum very very interesting place the thing that fascinated me the most about this museum was the entrance the the foyer and the welcome that they greeted guests with now imagine that you're the executive director of this museum and you want to welcome people and you want to say something to them that perhaps shakespeare said so what do you have to choose from what do you have to choose from the words that shakespeare wrote well he wrote 38 plays 154 sonnets there are 118,406 lines that Shakespeare wrote and a total of 884,647 words crafted by William Shakespeare. So, of all of that, what do you pick from? What's the one line or phrase that you would use that would welcome visitors and give the essence of Shakespeare? Well, whoever made the decision picked nine of those words, nine of those 800,000 plus words, nine of those or just one of those 118,000 lines to welcome visitors. And here's the, the, the line that they picked. It comes from The Tempest, the, that particular play, Act 5, Scene 1, where, it's, uh, where the wording is this, I long to hear the story of your life. Isn't that great? I long to hear the story of your life. Of all the words and all the lines that Shakespeare wrote, the person that made the selection chose that one. I, I just find that that incredible. And so on this particular evening at this family camp in the Northwoods of Wisconsin, Karen was really quoting Shakespeare when she mentioned that she asked Sarah, I really want to hear your story. I just find the two of those events, the Shakespeare Museum and this night in uh, Forest Springs, to be just such an affirmation of the whole concept that we really need to ask people about their story. Well, here's what I learned from this event, this event with uh, Karen and Sarah that night. And I hope you'll learn from it too because it applies to just about any relationships, both current ones and new ones that we have as well. And here's the first thing. In relationships, if we look hard enough... A transcendent pearl of beauty can emerge right before our very eyes. It's the T in this, T-H-I-S, that we talked about last week in episode 32. Karen asking Sarah about her story transcends our inclination to be wrapped up in ourselves, to talk rather than listen. The invitation to tell her story transcended Sarah's normal way of relating by keeping her deepest pain and fear and hope for her son to herself. Her situation is not something we normally would relate in initiating with a stranger, even though that's who Karen was at the time. Sarah explaining the hope she had for her son in the midst of his unimaginable suffering is the hope found only in Jesus. Her hope and desire for her son transcends her circumstances. In addition to the transcendent aspect of Sarah's story, there's two examples of honoring others, the H in this. First off, we have Karen honoring Sarah by wanting to know her story. It communicates that what I'm going through matters to people. They won't be able to fix what's wrong in my life, but just wanting to know takes the edge off things a bit. It means I'm not going through life alone. And that's an honor when people join us on the path that we've been assigned to walk. The second example of honoring that I saw in Sarah's talk was how she honored the ministry of Forest Springs and its mission of telling people about Jesus and drawing people to him. That was, that was just such a great honor to the, to, the, to the camp and to the staff and the people that work there and to know that they are making a difference most of them are working way behind the scenes and to hear stories like sarah and sarah's and to and to know the impact that that their role plays in in furthering the spiritual development of people like sarah and her children has got to be gratifying well relationships are really a lot about observing and being curious about what you see it's to inquire about what is happening in front of our eyes. It is the I in this. Karen initiated, another I, initiated with Sarah by inquiring, tell me your story. Karen then followed up with uh, Sarah's story by asking Sarah to email her story to her later in the day. And there is another letter I in this example, and that is inspire. Karen's inquiry led to Sarah being given the stage to share her story with 200 plus adults that night. It was clear Sarah didn't want to draw attention to herself, but rather to draw attention to the mission of the camp and to inspire people to support it and appreciate it because it draws people to Jesus. That was why it was such an emotional presentation that moistened the eyes of most everybody in the room. Finally, there is an example of selfless service in this particular story. It's the letter S in this. We saw Karen selflessly initiating with Sarah. There was nothing in it for Karen, nothing in it for her to draw out Sarah. But we saw her serving the family campers that night by having Sarah share her inspiring story. It was all focused on pointing people to Jesus. It was all about serving others. All in all, this story of that night is a great example of what you were made for this, T H I S, is all about. I saw firsthand how this incident made Karen come alive. She's full of life anyway, but this story filled her joy tank to overflowing. Imagine what it can do to the rest of us, like me living down in the valley under dark bushes wrapped up tightly in our blankets of self-focus. Imagine if we looked for some measure of transcendence in our relationships with people, if we honored people by initiating with them and inquiring into their lives to serve them. You know, we can all do this, you know, so let's give it a try. Before I close, Here's the main takeaway from today's episode, our show in a sentence. It's amazing what can happen when we simply ask people, tell me your story. Well, here's a way you can respond to today's show. Ask someone in some form or another to tell you their story. It can take a lot of different forms, but just ask. And then I'd like to know how this goes for you. I'm sure our fellow listeners would like to know too, so please drop me an email with what happens and I'll share it on a future episode. Coming up next week, I have our first interview of Season 2. I'll be interviewing Stacy Brown Randall on the relationship issues that occur when we take other people's children into our home, raise them, and absorb them into our family. It's quite interesting. I'm sure you're going to like it. And now for our quote of the week to close our program. And it comes to us from Rick Rubin, who said, If you really listen to what people say, they will tell you everything. I'll repeat that. If you really listen to what people say, they will tell you everything. I am so glad you joined us today in this faith community of people who care about transforming their relationships into the best they can be, who care about showing to the world the character of Jesus through their relationships. I am so glad you are one of us. And always remember what you were made for. You were made for relationships that transcend our natural inclination to focus on self that honor others as we strive to bring out the best in people, where we initiate by reaching out beyond ourselves, and where we selflessly serve other people. We were made for this. Well, that wraps it up for today. I look forward to seeing you next week. Goodbye for now.